the Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. With John Leonetti. That broadcast school has really paid off. Deacon Mark Campbell. Mark Amadeo. And Deacon Tony Valdez. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome into one and all here on this Thursday, February 15th. It is the Catholic Morning Show. I'm John Leonetti. And it being Thursday, back to back, one, two punches between uh, Deacon Randy Keel. And he's going to talk about the first and or second reading for this Sunday, always preparing ourselves for the Sunday readings. We'll have that for you. And Father P.J. McManus, pastor of Christ the King, is going to be talking about, well, answering, excuse me, uh, the three questions that uh, you have sent in for him. A couple, couple uh, big questions today, including one on euthanasia. So uh, we'll see what uh, Father PJ has in store for us. Also, second half hour, Lori Solo is going to be back with Paul and Barb Shaquin. And uh, really looking forward to uh, more of these Christ Our Life promos that we are doing um, over the course of these months to be able to really, if you haven't ever been to a Christ Our Life conference, uh, get you get you there. Uh, if you have, to get you more excited. I don't know if it's possible to get more excited for it, but uh Nonetheless, we're going to be talking to more team members there on the leadership team uh, for this wonderful conference that happens once every two years. So it'll be a jam-packed back-to-back-to-back show today. Deacon Tony, let's offer our day to our Lord with our morning offering. God, our Father, we offer you our day. We offer you all our thoughts, words, joys, and sufferings in union with the heart of Jesus. Holy Spirit, be our guide and strength today so that we may witness to your love. Mary, Mother of Jesus and the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse, protect us. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Deacon Mark now with your top news stories of the day. Thank you, John. News today brought to you by Westgate Dental, offering cosmetic, family implant, and general dentistry located just behind Dowling Catholic High School at 1073rd Street in West Des Moines. Learn more at westgatedentalia.com. Well, at least one person was killed and 21 others were wounded after a school after a shooting broke out near Kansas City's Union Station following the conclusion of the Chiefs celebratory Super Bowl parade. As many as 15 victims have life threatening injuries with two in critical condition and eight of those wounded were children. Officials said the shooting was neither terrorism nor a targeted attack. Gunfire erupted around 2 p.m. local time after at least two people began arguing near the end of the route where the Chiefs were celebrating Sunday's Super Bowl win. An estimated one million people were in the larger area with crowds making their way to the train station to leave when the incident occurred. Details on what led to the altercation are still being pieced together. Three people were said to have been detained by police. The victim, who was fatally wounded, was said to be Lisa Lopez Galvin a local radio DJ. I don't know. It, it, I, I'm not clear. Was it crossfire that hit so many people? You can't think of it hit that many people. It's going to be crossfire. Yeah. Well, was no, I intended. I, no, I, I there's, you know, we want to hesitate on speculation because there's really it, it. And this is right. As I was following the story yesterday, the amount of, uh, I want to say like misinformation or, yeah. or vague information, uh, it, it does sound like maybe there was a, a group of individuals that did get in a fight, and then uh, it, I think it was probably crossfire, and it's mm. related probably to the type of weapons that they that they had. So, wow. yeah, just a terrible situation which, uh, on what should have been a uh, a fun day for Chiefs fans. I, I know uh, I saw some social media posts had several people that I know who actually traveled down to Kansas City for the parade, uh, some others that I do know in the area. Thankfully, all of them were safe. 
but uh, but yeah, we continues prayer, uh, continued prayers for for that community mm-hmm. and uh, for the families of those who are wounded, and of course Lisa Lopez Galvin who who passed away. Israeli forces launched a series of strikes across parts of neighboring Lebanon yesterday in retaliation for cross-border fire from Hezbollah fighters that killed one Israeli soldier and wounded eight others. At least three Lebanese civilians and one militant were killed in the strikes. Escalating tensions between both sides have stoked fears. The current Israel-Hamas war in Gaza may spiral into a broader conflict. Hezbollah, like Hamas, is backed by Iran and designated by the U.S. as a terrorist organization. The group is the dominant political force in Lebanon and claims to have as many as 100,000 fighters. Hezbollah fighters have kept up nearly continuous, uh, continuous fire across Israel's northern border since October. Well, Caitlin Clark and the Iowa women's basketball team is getting uh, most of the attention from fans as uh, Caitlin Clark sets to break the all-time scoring record tonight. Those who follow the Hawkeye baseball team will have a chance to see them play in Des Moines this spring. The Hawkeyes will play a three-game series against Florida International at Principal Park on May 16th through the 18th. And after 44 wins last season, Iowa, led by MLB uh, um, draft prospect from the Ankeny area, has been considered a preseason top 25 team and is widely considered a Big Ten conference favorite. The game will be extra special for those players from the Des Moines area as they get to play in front of their hometown crowd. Information on how to get tickets will become available at a later date. Uh, no word on when the Iowa State baseball team is going to be uh, playing mm. at Principal Park, John. Listen to that cheap shot right there. Yeah. Yeah. There's no baseball team at Iowa State. <laughs> they had to get rid of it. Let's go to Mark Amadeo with the scoreboard update. In sports on your Thursday morning, last night, men's college basketball in the Big Ten. It was Maryland defeating the Iowa Hawkeyes 78-66 in College Park, Maryland. Both teams now tied for eight in the Big Ten with a 14-11 overall mark and 6-8 and in the conference. In Missouri Valley Conference men's basketball last night, Northern Iowa defeated Valparaiso 82-67 in Valparaiso, Indiana. The Northern Iowa Panthers now tied for fourth in the Missouri Valley with the conference mark of 8-7. and seven. They're 14-12 overall. Last night, women's college basketball in the Big 12. It was Iowa State upsetting number seven, Kansas State, 96-93 in two overtimes at Hilton Coliseum in Ames. The Cyclones now in fifth place in the Big 12 with a conference mark of 8-5. and five. They're 14-9 overall, while Kansas State falls into a tie for second in the uh, Big 12 with a 10-3 and conference mark. They're 21-4 overall. Tonight, women's college basketball in the Big 10. It's number four, Iowa, hosting Michigan. They'll tip off at 7 o'clock tonight before a sold-out crowd at Carver Hawkeye Arena in Iowa City. The Hawkeyes tied for second with Indiana in the Big Ten, while Michigan is in a tie for fifth in the conference. Dowling Catholic alum Caitlin Clark needs eight points to set the all-time NCAA women's basketball scoring record. And tonight, high school boys basketball on most of these Iowa Catholic radio network stations. It's a Class 4A non-conference matchup. Dowling Catholic on the road at Norwalk. Pre-game at 7.15 with tip-off at 7.30 from the Norwalk gym. Join Stevie Sarcone and me for the broadcast tonight here on most of these Iowa Catholic radio network stations. And with your Thursday morning sports update on the Catholic Morning Show, 
I'm Mark Amadeo. Thank you, Mark. Today's forecast brought to you by Ashworth Vision Clinic, providing personalized eye care for every patient from infants to senior citizens. Learn more at ashworthvision.com. Today we'll see uh, sunny conditions this morning, then clouds this afternoon with a high in the lower 40s. Tonight, cloudy with a slight chance of rain mixed with snow and a low in the upper 20s. Tomorrow, Friday, cloudy with a high in the mid-30s. Currently, the high temperature in the region is in Fairfield, seeing windy conditions and 34 degrees. Ames, 25 degrees this morning. Here in Des Moines, it's 28. And down in Creston, it's 27 degrees. Your Iowa Catholic Radio News time is 7.08. More news, sports, and weather coming up in the next half hour. Back to you, John. Uh, Deacon Randy Keel right now. Good morning, Deacon. Hi, good morning. All right. For first Sunday of Lent, it's going to be uh, just a couple days from now. First reading is from Genesis, and the second reading, uh, let's see here. Am I in the right one? Psalms. Uh Where am I going here? And then first Peter? Yep, first Peter. Yep, so I am on the right one here. So we got uh, Genesis and first Peter. Yeah, let's just touch for a second on Genesis. Genesis is a reflection of the Noah of the covenant that God made with Noah for all his descendants. So in a distant way, that covenant still covers us, even though there were more covenants and ultimately the covenant of Christ for salvation, mm. which brings us all the way down to the gospel. But that's the, that's the prequel to the readings for this Sunday. And let's remember that eight people were left alive. The animals were left alive that were selected, a portion of the remnants of the animals, but the um, eight people were left alive. So God beginning again, God beginning again with his salvation message that was then completed through the message of, um, the expression of its completion was brought to us by First Peter. And Christ suffered for sins once. So we took the righteous Christ for the sake of the unrighteous, everyone else, so that he could lead us to God and put to death in the flesh is brought to life in the spirit. And I want to, and then the next part, in it, he also went to preach to the spirits in prison. And he brings this down as it was in the days of Noah, as God waited patiently while the building of the ark. Mm-hmm. It is suspected that these spirits that Jesus went to preach to before he ascended, re- before he resurrected with his disciples and here on this earth, that um, these spirits weren't weren't just the place of Hades. He wasn't down there evangelizing. He was speaking to the spirits that mingled with humans, and that was the level of corrupt the demons that mingled with humans. That was the level of corruption that was present at the time of the call to build the ark for the flood that was coming for the destruction, because that was the demonic work of the angels that had been cast down to earth by God, working to try to infiltrate that which God created to be good, which was mankind. And evil must be put to death. And the spirit, the goodness of the work of God will be brought to life. And that brings its completion down further in the work that we have presented in the work of the gospel when Jesus says, now it's complete. Even though John's in prison, the time has come, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel, because Mm. his message there was the message of salvation, that that was the true evangelization, the bringing of the good news. I just wanted to tie all three of those together. Well, you did. 
I and I heard, haven't even heard some of the the stuff you were saying before, which is really good stuff, right? When when Jesus descends, it, yeah, it's, that part's not speculation. That yeah. part is reference from uh, two places in Scripture, going back to Deuteronomy, in the reference of the mingling of the spirits. It's like when I read that, I'm like, why have I not known this? Yeah, wow. I think of when I when I see and read the Gospel uh, of Mark that we're going to hear this Sunday, I, I almost think of it kind of like a movie preview, you know? It's like, okay, the buildup is really happening now. Jesus is, yeah. the Spirit has driven Jesus into the desert. He's there for 40 days. Satan is tempting him. You know, he's among all the wild beasts. John's been arrested. You know, now it just keeps building, right? Yeah. And, and repent and believe in the Gospel is his... Uh, is, is, is what he constantly uh, said. Wow, good in stuff this 13, morning. Verse 13 of Mark, I just point out, he was among Jesus out in the desert and being tempted by Satan. He was among the wild beasts. Yeah. And the angels ministered mm. to him. That verse right there, it was the angels deaconed him. That was diakonia. The angels came and they deaconed him. That's Very cool. the picture of diakonia. That's the picture of the diaconate. Awesome. I haven't heard that one either. Well, boy, you're just you're firing on all cylinders this morning. Deacon. I hope so. I got a lot of work. I'm in my prequel for my day. Man, would you pray with us? <laughs> I will. Oh, Lord, I pray for your Holy Spirit to come and minister unto us as the angels did unto Jesus in the wilderness. As we enter into the world you've called us to, that whether we're among wild beasts or we're among gentle spirits, may we bring the ministry of your Holy Spirit to deacon them, to tend to people. We pray for this blessing to be upon our mind, our hearts, and our souls. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Deacon Randy Keel, everyone. Nice work, Deacon. God bless you. Thank you, John. Bye-bye. All right. Coming up right after this, friends, Father P.J. McManus with your three questions, including one that asks why euthanasia is wrong. Why does a church teach against something that wants to, quote, unquote, alleviate someone's sufferings? Father P.J.'s got an answer to it when we come back. John Linetti here on the Catholic Morning Show. You're listening to the Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Farm Bureau agent Cindy Schulte, offering insurance products for farm, ranch, machinery, livestock, and more. It's your future. Let's protect it. Cindy's phone number is 515-226-2111 or cindyschulte.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Divine Treasures, a Catholic book and gift store serving the Des Moines community since 1992. Divine Treasures, 5701 Hickman Road, Des Moines, 515-255-5230. Thank you, Divine Treasures, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for programming comes from Golden Rule Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical, offering repairs, installations, and maintenance for the whole house, including heating and cooling systems and all things plumbing and electrical. Learn more at goldenrulephc.com. Support for programming comes from Catholic Charities of the Diocese of Des Moines, inviting you to Shamrocks and Shenanigans, Saturday, March 2nd, at the shop, 901 Cherry Street in downtown Des Moines. Prepare yourself for a unique evening of Irish fun in support of vital programs, which assist those most in need in our communities. Food, music, and fun for all. Tables and individual tickets available at catholiccharitiesdm.org. Shamrocks and Shenanigans, Saturday, March 2nd. Thank you, Catholic Charities, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. 
With Christian values and located in the heart of Iowa, Spurgeon Senior Community offers residents a complete lineup of services and activities to live full, meaningful lives. Are you committed to delivering exceptional care and service? Consider joining the A-Team, dedicated to make a difference in the lives of seniors every day. Competitive salary, comprehensive health, and wellness benefits package, along with flexible work schedules to promote work-life balance. Learn more at SpurgeonManor.com. Thank you, Spurgeon Senior Community, for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Westgate Dental, offering cosmetic, family, implant, and general dentistry. Located at 1073rd Street, Suite 1 in West Des Moines, just behind Dowling Catholic High School. Learn more at WestgateDentalIA.com. The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. You know, the Holy Father said a while ago, and it's always really stuck with me, especially during Lent, that God never tires of forgiving us. It's we who are the ones who tire of seeking his mercy. I think of that often. And uh, it's just, a you know, one of those times here um, for us as Catholics to remember Christ's mercy right here during the Lenten season. You're going to see purple everywhere, right? And God's mercy is abundant. It is ever flowing. But it's up to us. And God's, God's doing the heavy lifting here. It's up to us to be able to say yes. So we'll talk more about it as we uh, continue on this Lent. I've got some, uh, I was actually doing some some research the last couple days on um, some really good kind of pieces on reconciliation for us this Lent that we can, uh, we can talk more about and dive into and found some really good pieces, uh, some good blogs, but also just in general, some books that I found that I, <laughs> yeah, I ordered them. Yeah, it's just the way I roll. Father PJ McManus joins us. Hey, Father. Good morning, Johnny. You ever order too many books? Um, yes, I have to step around stacks of books in my yeah. uh, in my room. So yeah. you're in good company. My goodness. <laughs> All right. Um, I've been banned from buying icons, but I have not been banned from buying more books yet. So That's I, probably reasonable. I've got plenty of icons. All right. Here's the first question that comes in. This is an interesting one, Father. Um, I quite frankly, I don't know if this person. I don't know if it's a man or a woman, but I also don't know what kind of state they're in. But the question might seem to tell us: What is sure. the church's teaching on euthanasia? Wouldn't we not want people to suffer and instead find rest? No, (laughs) because we think suffering has value. Um, This is so I'm I'm, I'm giving that somewhat pithily, but but I I, I think there is an important error way before we ever get to the question of euthanasia. Mm. Um, The the reason euthanasia makes itself attractive uh, today in a way that it has not for much of history, is that it is possible to keep people alive for a lot longer than has ever been the case in history, at least on a large scale. And so so most of us, uh, toward the end of our loved one's lives, um, are witness to a great deal of suffering that is extended a lot longer than would ordinarily have been the case in history. Right? So you go to any hospice or any ICU, um, uh, even just very old or very sick people in regular rooms in the hospital, you see people whose process of dying, because of the kind of medication that we have available, because of the various medical treatments that, that are accessible now in a way that they haven't been, um, it just takes people longer to die, and it's, and, and it's often a lot more awful than it used to be. And so um, people understandably... Like, we don't like to see those that we love suffer, 
And so we want to put an end to their suffering. Uh, and that's, that, like, that's an entirely understandable sentiment. It would be far worse to delight in watching your mother suffer or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the Church is going to say, right out of the Gospel, uh, literally right out of today's Gospel, suffering has value. There is, there is real use in our suffering. doesn't mean we have to go looking for it, but, uh, and it certainly doesn't mean that we can't alleviate suffering um, that's unnecessary, but, uh, but uh, death hurts. <laughs> There's this very peculiar idea, uh, and this really is rather, rather new, that somehow death should be painless. Mm. I don't know how you'd think ripping a soul out of a body would be painless, seems like rather a foolish idea to me. Um, uh, we, cer- we certainly don't see death in the scriptures presented as a, a, as a painless thing. The glories of the martyrs are not, uh, are, are not quick and easy deaths resting in someone's sleep. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so the whole notion that this, uh, this would be something, um, like if this would even cohere, it's a, it's a question that should really just come from totally outside of our tradition. Um, a person who is in great suffering, uh, who who is asking for death, this is a very different kind of a pastoral situation because because the person who's undergoing the immediate suffering, right, um, they need to be exhorted to suffer well, and to the extent that we're able to to alleviate the suffering that they've got. But um, but you know we, we we don't trust people that are actively suicidal for emotional reasons to make decisions about ending their life. We, we, we still, that'll, this will probably end in your and my lifetime, but at least today, the ATA and the other people in charge of deciding what counts as crazy and not will say, yeah, no, if, 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 if you're actively suicidal, this is a problem. You're not functioning the right way. Well, that doesn't end just because it hurts a lot. Mm. And so we maintain an obligation uh, to, to protect the life of even those who are suffering greatly, even from themselves or from those whom they love. Um, and the answer is pretty easy. Uh, you don't have a right to kill people, yeah. even if they want it and even if it makes you feel better. Yeah, I, I love the word you use, well, a few of them, but you said to protect, right? This is this right here is why the Church inserts herself in, in, in all life issues from the moment of conception until natural death and every stage in between is because we fundamentally see life as a gift. And, and it's not something we get to play kind of pagan gods with and, you know, kind of see who lives and who doesn't and when and, how, you know, how much pain are they causing me or what's inconvenient, what's not. No, none of that. It is pure gift. And it's something that needs to be protected and safeguarded. And, of course, you know, those that, that are suffering, you know, we, we want them dying uh, with dignity. And there are ways that the church, you know, helps us see that. But I, I think you're right. And, you know, at the end of the day, though, too, uh, Father, this is this is messy. You know, this is this is a tough one because, again, the sentiment of, well, I don't like suffering. I don't want to see someone suffer. That, that That's a good thing. And of course, none of us want to see that. But at the end of the day, that suffering it is something received it is a gift in the a lot of ways the contemporary disposition uh, towards suffering um, is uh, is a gross distortion of uh, not just what our tradition but really sort of every moral tradition uh, that the last is, is going to say and the reason for it's pretty obvious there's no growth that happens in life without suffering mm. 
we literally have growing pains. Yeah. I mean, we call them that when your ankles hurt and you're, and, and you're going through puberty. And so the whole notion that you're going to be able to grow in any meaningful way without experiencing some suffering is, is simply foreign to the human experience. So then the question becomes one of degree. Well, okay, Father, but, like, a growing pain is real different than, you know, the cancer that's eating me from the inside out. That is, of course, entirely true. And so what you do is you work to cure the cancer or shrink the tumor or decrease the pain associated with, uh, with its spread or something like that. Those are all entirely ethical and virtuous and holy things to do. It's why we developed hospitals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very different thing than, you know, euthanasia, right, is basically just accommodating, uh, accommodating someone else's desire for suicide when they're no longer able to do it or you getting rid of the bad feeling that you have from watching someone suffer. Yeah. Has nothing and, to do with um, the ailment or what they're suffering from and uh-huh. helping that. No, and, and, and that, that's the ethical problem yeah. here. Um, now, the Church makes a real distinction, and this is not an entirely new one, between ordinary and extraordinary means by which to preserve life. And it's certainly true that we're not vitalists. So life is, is, uh, is a kind of an absolute value, but, but the... Uh, the way in which it's protected differs, right? So, like, the, the, the soldier who jumps on the grenade in order to save his buddies isn't committing suicide. He's accepting the fact of his own death in order to preserve those of other people. That's a very different thing than saying, ah, uh-huh. these guys probably aren't going to make it out of the battle anyway. I can just shoot them all in the back ahead of time to save them the suffering. Yeah. And that is essentially what we're proposing here. Um, the, the, the truth is uh, that suffering has great value in and of itself, and in time, um, uh, in time and with the eyes of faith, we can learn to see value even in the suffering of those that we love. My poor mother, uh, the condition she had as uh, she was dying, um, uh, created a very bad tinnitus, so she, she had a ringing in her ears, and, um, and as she approached death, that was the thing she was most afraid of which she was really afraid of dying with this horrible ringing in her ears, because that's very painful, you know, and, 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 and annoying. Um, but as she approached death, um, there was a period where she was very afraid and, 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 and suffering a great deal. And then, um, then there was a period where there was great peace, and the mm-hmm. suffering didn't lapse, but you saw her accept it and embrace it. And I have no doubt that many of the goods that have come about in my own life subsequent to that have been the result of my mother's offering her suffering for me. Wow, that's really beautiful, Father. Uh, let's get. Uh, I'm going to skip to the third question here because that that question is a meaty one, and uh, I'm glad we spent some good time with it. And it, this is a good question right here at the beginning of uh, Lent. Uh, I've been away from the Catholic Church for many, many years. Too many's here. What do I need to do to come back? Um, confessions are every night from six to eight here at Christ the King. Yeah. <laughs> um, Not as no, difficult I, so, as you think. It's not. It's not. It, no, it, 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 it's as easy as a conversation with, with a priest. Yeah. It could be a priest you know. It could be a total stranger. Sometimes having somebody that's sort of outside the mix is, is helpful um, for perspective purposes and to make the person less nervous. What would you do, um, Father? Someone comes in and says, Father, I've been away for many years. I want to come back to the church. They're, they're a parishioner or they're in your, your region there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do this almost every day. So the first thing, right, is just... Well, well, tell me about how that happened. Tell me about how you fell away, and, and tell me why you're, why, why you're back tonight. Um, that's always the most important question. Why are you here now? Uh, not as a, a, 
like a jab or something, right? But just as an honest, like, tell me, tell me about what you think God's doing in you now and why, and why that's brought you back here today. Mm. Um, because if you can identify where the grace is now and help the person see the movements of grace in their life right now, then looking backwards, all of that time away isn't necessarily a waste. You can begin to see the hand of God at work even, even in that period, and it often gives you something of a roadmap for what, uh, what you're about to do. Would you recommend if someone's been away for maybe 10, 15, 20 years and they want to make a confession to make an appointment? So um, th- th- there's kind of two ways to answer this. I mean, the, the, the answer is ultimately yes. So, so we distinguish in the Church between two types of confession. Uh, a particular confession, which is the one that most of us make most of the time, and what's called a general confession. General confessions are necessarily more rare, um, and they typically uh, occur either after long periods of time away, like you're describing, and or um, uh, uh, before significant events, uh, the night before a wedding or an ordination or something like that. Um, in the next several weeks, the people coming into, coming into the Catholic Church who are already baptized but coming from, from Protestant churches, will go to confession for the first time, and they'll be making a, a general confession because they've never been to confession before, right? Um, when a person's been away for a long time, I'd say, and I'm making this kind of rough, but say more than five years, mm-hmm. it is good ultimately to have an appointment with a priest to be able to go over um, in more detail over more of the things just because of volume, time. Um, but, I, but I would never say that, 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 that a person... Shouldn't like if if you feel moved to step into the confessional, go to the confessional. If the priest needs more time, he'll tell you. But yeah. but uh, but but don't don't squince the smoldering wick, and don't let the fact that oh, I got to call the office and make an appointment, and then he's going to have to see me, and he's going to know what. Don't let any of that keep you back. Yeah. Uh, come first, and then if we if we need to deal with more later, the priest will be able to help you figure that out. I, I I really there's certainly nuance and there's there's certain you know I think best practices if you will but as you said before I mean it, it's as easy as a confession and it, that can, might be one of the most difficult things in the world for for you but it, that's that's the bar the church says come back repent of your sins in, in this sacrament this is the the sacrament that brings you back go receive holy communion and now live a holy life I mean it's it's just uh, it's just beautiful when you think about it and beautifully simple. Father, would you give us your blessing this morning? Sure. May the peace and the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Father P.J. McManus, God bless you, Father. Go in peace. Thank you. Uh, And when I say simple, I don't mean simplistic, by the way. Right? Sometimes we think, oh, simple, it's just really easy. Uh, No, 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 no. (laughs) Sometimes the most difficult things in the world to do are the easiest things in the world to do. So... Uh, Coming up, second half hour, going to be talking about the Christ Our Life Conference more as we highlight it. Uh, Barb and Paul Shaquin are going to be on. Really looking forward to talking to them. And they've been on the the leadership team now for this uh, huge conference for many years. We're going to talk to them and dedicate some good time to it when we come back. John Linetti here on the Catholic Morning Show. Friends, don't go anywhere. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, The Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then he said to all, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. What profit is there for one to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit himself? 
the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hi, this is Father Nick Smith, parochial vicar of Christ the King Parish in Des Moines. These Lenten readings that we have each day of the week in Lent are specifically chosen for this season. All of these readings are meant to direct our focus and attention toward the great mystery that will happen at the end of Lent as we approach Easter, the passion, death, and later the resurrection of the Lord. Already on this Thursday after Ash Wednesday, Jesus is pointing our attention towards what will happen on Good Friday. The Son of Man will suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and then on the third day be raised. The cross is the sign of Christianity. It is the sign of our hope, the sign of God's love for us to the end. If anyone is to call himself a Christian, if anyone is to call himself a follower of Christ, he or she must take up the cross and follow after. We can expect that the cross will find us in the midst of our daily circumstances. And our response should not be to avoid it, to shirk it, to try in every way to let go of that responsibility, but to embrace it, knowing that the Lord carries the cross with us. He has already carried his cross, and it is now the sign of victory. May God bless you, and let us continue praying for each other. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Next Generation Realty, a Catholic and family-owned flat-fee brokerage serving central Iowa since 1994. Next Generation Realty can handle every step of the process of buying or selling a home. Learn more at nextgenerationrealty.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory. Caldwell Parish offers services that are unique to the individual while following the Catholic funeral rites. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory, Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Mercy College of Health Sciences, where you can chart your course for more. Mercy College provides unparalleled clinical rotations, hands-on learning, accelerated education, and flexible schedules. Since 1899, Mercy College has been transforming students into healthcare professionals. Guided by Catholic values, our faculty put classroom theory into practice. Students are prepared for roles in service and leadership throughout their own careers. Learn more at mchs.edu. Mercy College of Health Sciences. mchs.edu. The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. You know, coming off of Ash Wednesday, you might think, oh, boy, thank God that's over. You know, all that fasting and abstinence. And how, how, was, how was day one of cold showers? We take it uh, cold. <laughs> oh, I did not. I did not appreciate it, uh, that, that, that cold shower yesterday. But we continue on, you know. And, it, and where do you land? So on the feast days, will you take a warm shower? Or like, you know, we got Feast of St. Joseph. Yeah, yeah, we got some great feast ones. days that come up here in the month of March. With, uh, what, what's your, I kinda what's your go, approach? I, I don't, I kind of take, take it. Sundays in, off? Well, I do take Sundays off, okay. yeah, because they're little Easters. So yeah. I, I, I celebrate there. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it's kind of, you know, varies for me because, I mean, we have so many feasts. Mm-hmm. Just all throughout Lent, even. Um, so it's kind of, you know, sometimes I feel like it's cheating. But I, And then the other part of me is like, well, I, though I like celebrating, we're, we are a fast and we are a feast church. Right. I think St. Joseph might like the might like seeing the penance there. You know? So Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. find out. Yeah, we'll Hopefully. see. Hopefully. Someday. You know, Catherine of Genoa said that Lenten fast, St. Catherine of Genoa, said Lenten fasts make me feel better, stronger, and more active than ever. 
I felt I felt pretty good yesterday. I I, I felt very victorious. You did. I, I, I fell asleep at seven thirty, so my day was. Oh, <laughs> that's why. My my day what was shortened eat? quite what, a you bit. Go bread and water yesterday. Uh, I had a uh, piece of toast with some uh, butter on it at about two o'clock, which was the first food I had. Uh, I've decided coffee is what I'm going to give up. Well, that's yeah. one of the things I'm giving up is coffee. And so the that's um, a terrible. How are you going to be more like Jesus by giving up coffee? That's well, a terrible. Idea. We're going to find out in about forty days. Wow, uh, rough, roughly there about. Wow, <laughs> and, and I'm not going to take Sunday off. You're not. Uh, uh, no, I'm going. I'm, You're going, I'm going cold turkey. That's right. You're going to have I'm, a headache today. Um, it's it's already coming on. Yeah, no, it's, I, you know, I've uh, I've done this before, and so I I kind of know the routine and I know how to uh, fight fight and overcome a little bit. I may have to take a Tylenol later today or tomorrow, but I, I think I'll be okay. Okay. But, well, that's a good fast right but there. But I, I felt really good. I just, I, I conquered my, uh, uh, overcame my cravings uh, with the mercy of God. And yes. His grace. Yes. Very good. All right. I love it. Deacon Tony, what do you say we pray? We need the grace. Or not. Okay. okay. There he is. We do we don't have any birthdays for today, but uh, we'll catch up with them tomorrow, John. Okay. Okay. All right. We, oh, Glory be to pray. the Father, and to the Son, <laughs> and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. There's the prayer. Deacon Mark, now. That's, that's, that's on me. Today's so, uh, top news of the day. That's on mis- miscommunication with Deacon Tony. I will own that completely. Okay. Uh, today's news brought to you by Westgate Dental, offering cosmetic family implant in general dentistry, located behind Dowling Catholic High School at 1073rd Street in West Moines. Learn more at westgatedentalia.com. Well, while Caitlin Clark and the Iowa women's basketball team is getting most of the attention from fans, those who follow the Hawkeye baseball team will have a chance to see them play in Des Moines this spring. The Hawkeyes will play a three-game series against Florida International at Principal Park on May 16th through the 18th. And after 44 wins last season, Iowa has been considered a preseason top 25 team and is widely considered a Big Ten Conference favorite. The game will be extra special for several players on the team from the Des Moines area as they will get to play in front of the hometown crowd. Information on how to get tickets will become available at a later date. The House Education Committee is trying to address chronic absenteeism in schools. Students are considered chronically absent when they miss 10% or more of the required school days. Under the House proposal, districts would lose per-pupil funding when the number of chronically absent students reaches 20% of enrollment. One of the districts that would lose the funding if the bill is passed is the Des Moines Public Schools. This is because nearly 36% of students are currently considered chronically absent. Superintendent Ian Roberts spoke on absenteeism during the State of the Schools address on Tuesday, and he outlined a plan that the districts will take to prevent the issue, but said that punishing schools isn't the way to go. Roberts said that the district is planning television ads, billboards, and public outreach to help decrease chronic absenteeism. The unveiling process for the newly rebuilt spire of Paris's legendary Notre Dame Cathedral began this week, with the process expected to be completed in time for the 2024 Paris Olympics in July. The cathedral has been closed ever since a devastating fire in April, on April 15th of 2019, which saw the spire crash through the centuries-old timber roof. Major religious and artistic treasures of the cathedral were removed as the fire began, including a relic of Christ's crown of thorns. Although the scaffolding is coming off, the official reopening of the cathedral is still several months away. According to the Archdiocese of Paris, the consecration of the altar will take place during the first Mass in the restored cathedral on Sunday, December 8th. The Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception, normally celebrated December 8th, will be celebrated this year on December 9th because the 9th is the second Sunday of Advent. Or no, the 8th is the second Sunday of Advent. I Mm. apologize. There we go. 
Let's go to Mark Amadeo now for a scoreboard update. In sports on your Thursday morning, last night, men's college basketball in the Big Ten. It was Maryland defeating the Iowa Hawkeyes 78-66 in College Park, Maryland. Both teams now tied for eight in the Big Ten with the 14-11 overall mark and 6-8 and eight in the conference. In Missouri Valley Conference men's basketball last night, Northern Iowa defeated Valparaiso 82-67 in Valparaiso, Indiana. The Northern Iowa Panthers now tied for fourth in the Missouri Valley with the conference mark of 8-7. and seven. They're 14-12 overall. Last night, women's college basketball in the Big 12. It was Iowa State upsetting number seven, Kansas State, 96-93 in two overtimes at Hilton Coliseum in Ames. The Cyclones now in fifth place in the Big 12 with a conference mark of 8-5. and five. They're 14-9 overall, while Kansas State falls into a tie for second in the uh, Big 12 with a 10-3 conference mark. They're 21-4 overall. Tonight, women's college basketball in the Big 10. It's number four, Iowa, hosting Michigan. They'll tip off at 7 o'clock tonight before a sold-out crowd at Carver-Hawkeye Arena in Iowa City. The Hawkeyes tied for second with Indiana in the Big Ten, while Michigan is in a tie for fifth in the conference. Dowling Catholic alum Caitlin Clark needs eight points to set the all-time NCAA women's basketball scoring record. And tonight, high school boys basketball on most of these Iowa Catholic radio network stations. It's a Class 4A non-conference matchup. Dowling Catholic on the road at Norwalk. Pre-game at 7.15 with tip-off at 7.30 from the Norwalk gym. Join Stevie Sarcone and me for the broadcast tonight here on most of these Iowa Catholic radio network stations. And with your Thursday morning sports update on the Catholic Morning Show, I'm Mark Amadeo. Thank you, Mark. Today's forecast brought to you by the Ashworth Vision Clinic, providing personalized eye care for every patient from infants to senior citizens. AshworthVision.com. Today, sunny, cooler with highs around 40. Wind gusts up to 30 miles per hour. Tonight, cloudy, a slight chance of snow in the evening, then snow more likely after midnight. Snow accumulation around an inch. Lows in the mid-20s. Chance of snow, John, is 70%. So, uh... Tomorrow, we will wake up uh, mostly cloudy with a chance of snow in the morning, then partly sunny in the afternoon. Little or no additional accumulation, but highs in the lower 30s. Currently, around the region, Centerville, 31 degrees. Nevada, 24. Des Moines at 27. And Adel at 26. Your Iowa Catholic Radio time is 741. Let's go now to our Saint of the Day. This is your Saint of the Day on Iowa Catholic Radio. He was generous with the food and wealth he produced on the land he inherited. St. Gilbert of Sepringham today was a son of a Norman knight and inherited title, land, and wealth from his father. However, Gilbert chose to forsake the easy life he had been given and went to France to study. While there, he entered the seminary. He returned to England and was ordained a priest and served in the parish in his hometown. While the pastor, seven women approached Gilbert, expressing their desire to live in a religious community. Well, Gilbert had a house built for them on the parish land, and soon many other men and women joined them. While Gilbert had hoped some existing order would take on the newly founded monastery, the group wound up becoming the Gilbertines, the only religious community of English origin during the Middle Ages. They were eventually suppressed by Henry VIII. Throughout his life, Gilbert lived simply, consumed little food, and spent a good portion of many nights in prayer. Despite the rigors of such a life, he died well over the age of 100. 
we ask today St. Gilbert of Sepringham to pray for us. Amen. When we come back, we're going to be talking all things Christ Our Life. Paul and Barb Shaquin on the leadership team for this conference has taken place in September. We'll have the details for you. Don't go anywhere. John Leonetti here on the Catholic Morning Show. You're listening to the Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Here's your news from the Diocese of Des Moines this Thursday, February 15th. I'm Anne-Marie Cox. If you work downtown or you go to the 1210 Mass at the Cathedral downtown, you're in luck. St. Ambrose Cathedral is offering a fish fry lunch each Friday during Lent beginning tomorrow. Pick up your fish and chips lunch in the Parish Hall from 1130 to 1. Tune in to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson this Saturday at 8 o'clock or Sunday at 11 o'clock. Bishop Johnson will be talking with Father Jim Kirby, a photographer extraordinaire. He'll be sharing what he witnessed while visiting friends in Ukraine during the war. If you can't tune in at that time, that's okay. All of Bishop's radio shows are available through his podcast at iowacatholicradio.com. That's iowacatholicradio.com. Tomorrow is the first Friday of Lent. Check out all the parishes with fish fries. Uh, Go to dmdiocese.org and click on events. We've got about 30 parishes listed with the times of their fish fry dinners. That's dmdiocese.org and click on events. That's your news from the Diocese of Des Moines. I'm Anne-Marie Cox. I'm Jen, the Director of Nursing at InterVisions Healthcare, a free and faith-based medical clinic in Des Moines that helps women with their unplanned pregnancies. We're looking for a registered nurse to help serve our patients. So if you'd like to come work for us, we'd love to talk to you. Call us today, 515-440-2273. If you're a compassionate and professional nurse looking to help vulnerable women in need, please give us a call, 515-440-2273. Support for programming comes from Golden Rule Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical, offering repairs, installations, and maintenance for the whole house, including heating and cooling systems and all things plumbing and electrical. Learn more at goldenrulephc.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Next Generation Realty, a Catholic and family-owned flat-fee brokerage serving central Iowa since 1994. Next Generation Realty can handle every step of the process of buying or selling a home. Learn more at nextgenerationrealty.com. The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Thanks for tuning in today, friends. Let's go to our next guests on the Christ Our Life Casting Our Nets team. We are joined today. Lori Solo back. Paul and Barb Shaquin. Have you guys been on the radio before? Uh, two years ago two I years. was on. Okay, I thought so. I thought so. Well, hi, Lori. Hi, good, good morning. Good to have everyone back here. And uh, uh, Barb, let's start with you. Casting Our Nets. What do we what do we mean here? Well, Ellen Miller, one of the co-chairs, she approached us and said, we need to do something. We need to reach more people. Mm. We need to get out there and uh, get more people involved in our go-to friends. And so we just kind of brainstormed and we came up with um, cast our nets on the other side. Yeah. You know, it just happened to be that reading, I think, that weekend. And so we thought of that. And then it went from cast our nets on the other side of the boat to casting our nets deeper. And we kind of base it on a a verse from Luke 5, and I'll read it to you if that's okay. It says, Then when he had ceased speaking, he said to Simon, Lead us into deep water and release your nets for a catch. And in response, Simon said to him, Teacher, working throughout the night, we caught nothing, but on your word, I will release the net. Hmm. 
And then they had done, and when they had done this, they enclosed such a copious multitude of fish that their net was rupturing. So this is this is the basis here. We're going we're going to the other side of the boat now. Yep. More parishes, deeper. Because I think to myself, how, how could you guys do any more more work than what you're already doing? I mean, this this team that you guys have is incredible. But there are more parishes. In fact, you've got numbers in front of you there, Paul, of how many parishes you guys are actually now in. So when we started this project in early 2023, we had 189 parishes covered with a person, a go-to friend. This past year, we had 24 people on our team making calls, making contacts, and getting people involved that are going to be our go-to friends. So we have an additional 225 parishes. Additional? Additional. Mm -hmm. Wow. So this year, we have all the state covered, 414 parishes. Oh, my goodness. You've got a go-to in every parish every in the parish, state? Yes. And How in the more. world did you do that? That seems they like a, it. it took a lot of calling yeah. and talking with these people. They had not heard about this conference. They didn't know anything about it. So this is exciting. We're touching a lot of new people that have not seen or uh, attended a Catholic conference Isn't like this. Isn't it amazing how you, you, something so huge could happen right here in Des Moines and people right in our backyard just don't know about it, you know? I know, yeah. It's, it's really funny. It's... It, <laughs> I go to parishes at the time. People are like, oh, man, everyone's going to show up because it's you. And there's like, you know, there'll be three people that would show up, you know, to, to something. <laughs> it, it's just like the, it, the church is so big. You know, it's so big. So the fact that you guys are going out there a, little, a lot more and, and, and really digging deep. Are we going like are we doing that in the Midwest or what are we doing here with that? Yeah, we have the state of Iowa. We have all the neighboring states also covered with holy cow. with people. But it's their whole states aren't covered. But we have a lot of key people. This is awesome. Lori. What do you think? Well, I you think be that, excited. yeah, we're very excited. Um, every event which has, you know, the repetition of a continuing of the event is so important to revitalize mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. and to let more people know um, at any given year somebody can't come. But we want to really evangelize and touch hearts and renew their faith. So these parish outreach people, which we affectionately call our go-to people, mm-hmm. it's really where the rubber hits the road. It's really where we bring in people, despite all of our other marketing efforts. So this is a critical position that they have taken on, as well as the actual go-to people. It's quite an easy job, actually. Yeah. They um, just are in the back of church selling tickets and having promotional materials. In some cases, they're allowed what's called a pulpit but talk to encourage parishioners to attend on a particular Saturday or Sunday as well. Um, They might also do some recruiting throughout their own community. And as much as we encourage people to buy online, and especially with the youth tickets this year being free but still needing to register, online is great and important. But there are some people that don't do that still. And so we have paper tickets that these go-to people do as well. You have been in marketing how many years? <laughs> 48. I mean, you, you, yeah, yeah the, you, you've, you've been in marketing your whole career. And I, I, I got to ask, I mean, is there anything more powerful than that personal invite? Nothing. To I mean, this day, it. for all the automation and yeah. electronic, there's nothing. It's all like, important. It's one thing to ask a whole room to volunteer. It's another thing to look you in the eye, yeah. John, and say, John, will you MC again? That's huge. <laughs> That's you huge. said. Yes. I'd <laughs> yeah. love to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so, so the work never ends, you know, and, and especially you think, okay, well, the conference, maybe it just kind of hits its stride and we just kind of coast and it just never happens like this. People are busy, a lot going on. And again, that one-on-one going out to the parishes. So let me ask this. If you have someone at a parish, is it kind of check the box, we're done there? 
or are we still looking for people in uh, in parishes? Oh, we're always looking for people. Yeah. Uh, like our parish at St. Teresa's, I think we have three go-to people. Nice. So it's great to have more than one person so the responsibility doesn't lay just on one person. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we always are looking for more go-to people. Yeah. So. so are you guys the ones that are kind of in charge of this? The yeah. go-to? El- Ellen and us, yes, yeah. us too. Oh, so are you doing any traveling? Are you guys going out driving around? Actually, we haven't done any with Ellen, no? but I might go this year. She's going to be out traveling here in the next month or so. Yeah. So I said... I think I want to go with you. It yeah. sounds fun. Well, she was in Solon with me. I was speaking there, and she was there doing some Mary's Meal stuff, which was lights out presentation. And, um, you know, we, we got our Christ Our Life plugs in. It yeah. was fun. Starting March 2nd, she goes to parishes, yeah. and that continues through the entire month of March and some of April. And we've posted it on Facebook. Uh, we can gladly share it with anybody who would care to know uh, where and when she'll be nearby. Um, as much as she can, she'll add another city if there's interest. It's a road show. Yes, it Taking is. Taking it on the road. I call Ellen a road warrior for Christ. Well, she definitely is. Hey, quickly go through the speakers for us, Very just in good. case yeah. people haven't, haven't heard. Yeah. Father Robert Spitzer. Yes. And, of course, he talks about the uh, collision or the validity of science, reason, and faith. He's an academic who really has recognized that we're losing our young people. They don't understand how it fits in the world today, and he's a great resource for that. He's Father amazing. Craig Vasek is mm-hmm. our second priest, and uh, he's one of the 58 priests named for the Eucharistic Revival that's going on in our nation. He's a charismatic speaker, and um, he'll be joining us. Uh, our third priest is Monsignor Stephen Rossetti out of Washington, and he is an approved exorcist who actually teaches and trains other discerned priests to be exorcists. Ooh. He's also um, a wellness outreach person to other priests. To help them have a healthy, happy life and vocation as well. Then we have one sister, Sister Josephine Garrett, and I like to call her Sister Joyful. She is just so good at what she does and appealing, especially to young people. And she serves as a school counselor, and she's very helpful with people who've been through any kind of a trauma. Jeff Cavins is what we call a revert. Uh, He was a Catholic, like some Catholics who didn't really know their faith. He left, became a Protestant uh, pastor. But like many others who actually do the research and really go on a spiritual journey, he came back to the Catholic Church. And many people would know him from My Life on the Rock, both a book and a a Bible series. Jason Everett is um, a speaker on the virtue of chastity. And he's got the um, Chastity Project as well as uh, publisher of Totus Tuus Press. And uh, he will also very much appeal to those young people, which we will have two breakout sessions at this conference to really have a specialized focus on their foundation, setting their roots in the faith for the future so that they're here in the church um, in the future. Magnus McFarland Barrow comes back with Mary's Mills. And for the first time ever, we have his wife, Julie, who I like to call the wind beneath his wings Mm -hmm. because somebody must be supporting the home front while he's across the world, changing the world with food programs. Steve Agrisano is just beloved, and he returns again. He's been with us since 2012, and he'll be um, our music and worship leader, fabulous storyteller, uh, leads the Divine Mercy Chaplet in song, which is just an extraordinary experience in the arena as well. And then, uh, John, we have you yes, as our MC. Back. And I must say, you tell some pretty darn good stories well, yourself. Oh, we'll have fun. Yep, and do a great job of introducing and preparing us for each phase, you know, the next piece of the conference. And finally, we just always want to say thank you to our bishop, William Johnson. 
ever since we've started Christ Our Life, we've had the blessing and support and even involvement of our bishops, um, William Pates and now Bishop Johnson. And he'll be saying um, the homily on one day. And on the other day, we'll have Father Fabian Makata on saying the homily the other day. Very cool. Well, it's going to be an amazing conference, as they always are. Um, and But there's so much work behind the scenes. You can volunteer, friends. If they want to volunteer, where do they go? They can go to the website, which is www.christourlifeiowa.com. There's a volunteer sign-up form there. Or they can always reach out to Ellen Miller. And I regularly put her contact information on Facebook as well. Or, John, just have them reach out to you, and yeah. we'll steer them to the right place. Anytime. Uh, ChristStarLifeIowa.com is where you can go as well. Beautiful website there. Check it out and spread it around. Put it up on your Facebook or your social media, too. Uh, Barb and Paul Shaquin, thank you. Thank Keep you. Keep up the good thank work. Lori Solo, thank you. Good to see you. God bless you guys. We'll continue more of the Christ Our Life Catholic Conference and the promos of it. I know I'm excited. That puts today's show in the books, friends. Thanks for tuning in. Deacon, would you pray? Prompt our actions with your inspiration, we pray, O Lord, and further them with your constant help, that all we do may always begin from you, and by you be brought to completion. May the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit come down upon all of us, protect us all from evil, and bring us all to his everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today, friends. I'm John Leonetti. Be confident in Christ's mercy and his love today. Catholic Morning Show is a production of the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. To hear this and other programs, visit iowacatholicradio.com or download the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Here in this worn and weary land where many a dream has died.